Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish the book, I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And we are still on my work trip. We are on we a cruise. Are... Uh, we've, we've cruised through Christmas. And now it's New Year's Eve, and I was just checking, last year we also recorded a podcast on New Year's Eve. That's good. So it's an annual thing. An annual thing (laughs) that we end up doing this. Uh, If you remember the last podcast, well, you probably just listened to it a few days ago, Juliana was ill. She had a cold and had bunged up nose, and now it's Luke's turn because... It is, because if you're living in a a cabin together uh, with uh, thousands of other people... No, you might not have given me the cold. Everybody else on the cruise ship might have given me... Yes, lots of people. Everybody was ill. Everybody surprise. Well, not everybody. Lots of people have been very sniffly on this yes. uh, on the cruise ship. So anyway, I have a cold. So it's like the, the first cold I've had for ages. Anyway, let's get to. Well, I was going to say let's get to today's book, but actually, because it's the last um, podcast of the year, I thought I would do a, a quick rundown. Well, not a rundown. I'm going to look back over the the books that uh, I reviewed in the in 2023. Um, for example, uh, Goodreads said, "Hey, you managed to." do your 2023 reading challenge. You have read 30 of 30 books in 2023. If you're my friend on Goodreads, you might have seen this thing that Luke finished 30 books of 30. Um, well done. No, I didn't really. Uh, it, <laughs> it, if you actually look at the episode numbers of the SFBRP, it's it's fewer books than that. But mostly because I have started keeping track of the books that I um, started, but only get a few chapters in and go, ah, it's not for me. And to stop myself going, ah, it's not for me, and then never men- mentioning it again, and then a few years later, trying the same book again, if you know what I mean, like that kind of thing. Yes, so, so you have a, a, a record of, of yeah. that n- did not finish. Yeah, so for some of these books that did not finish, but also didn't become episodes on the SFBRP, To Sleep in a Sea of Stars, An Unkindness of Ghosts, um, some others, others like that. Uh, I can't see. Uh, what's that? Journey to the Center of the Earth. Oh no, I think I did read that one, didn't I? Yes. Um, so yeah, there's a few of these uh, where I uh, where I, I started. Oh yeah, Dark is the Sun by F- F- Philip Jose Farmer. And I just so, about to say that doesn't ring a bell. No, no, because again, <laughs> I just started it and realized, oh, I actually have read this before, and I'm not into this. It was a bit too close to another book that I just read. It was a bit too close to one of the Ursula K. Le Guin books that I had just reviewed. So I was like, oh, I don't actually want any more of this. Okay. So let's uh, so let's actually head over to episode lists, and I'm going to see um, our previous podcast, episode uh, 505, I say previous podcast, our previous end of year, like 2022, recorded on New Year's Eve, was uh, Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel, which I gave three stars to. But yes, we kicked off the new year with KJ Parker, How to Rule an Empire and Get Away with It, which was pretty, pretty good. Pretty good start. And then the lowest ranked book of all the whole year, Ben Bova, Mars, Grand Tour number four. And I was like, oh, and I was like, farewell, Ben Bova. I will never read another book of yours because I realized, oh no, that's, it's just, I'm just not there anymore. I'm not, I'm not into, like, it doesn't matter how many good feelings I had from, you know, uh, 
uh, male, white male American um, science fiction authors of the 1970s and 1980s. It doesn't matter how good they are, 90s even in the case of Ben Bova. Like, uh, that's it. I don't need any more of them. Um, also, had to say goodbye to Greg Bear with Eon as well, with The Way number one, which is Eon. One star for that and, and didn't continue on with that. We, we did that episode not too long ago. Okay. But um, sometimes it's good to know what not yeah, to want yeah. anymore. I'm just sort of like, oh, actually, I don't. Know. And these are some of these books are from like the 90s as well. It's not like it's, it's you know, like I read them new when they came out, some of these stuff. So But even um, that can be very dangerous. So, yeah, some other one star books System Collapse. We've got The Mountain in the Sea by Ray Naylor. Now, I didn't actually finish that one. You finished it, didn't you? Yes. Um, so that one is here. How about The Time Traveler's Wife? Okay, even if white male American authors uh, some you end up reading some of the most sexist stuff some of the most like like sexually problematic stuff was from The Time Traveler's Wife where I'm just sort of like what is I can't remember what my review was but like what if time travel but also creepy grooming of underage girls or something like that I'm not yeah. it was it was it was weird like I, for that I, yes Um, and then some on the, on the top end of the books, lots of lots of two stars and three stars and things like that. But um, the Children of Ruin, uh, chil which is Children of Time, number two, um, yes. by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Actually, my highest rated book, even though the follow-up to that, which is Children of Time, number three, Children of Memory, was only a two-star book. Um, the, the highest rated series was Peter F. Hamilton with um, the Night's Dawn trilogy, which I actually kind of, I didn't enjoy it more than the first time I read it, but I thought going back, I was going to be like reading like early Peter F. Hamilton, you know, epic uh, science fiction novels, you know, space opera. And I thought, ah, oh, maybe it won't hold up, but actually holds up really well and yeah. it's really good fun. Yeah, that's good. And uh, and yeah, and that's about it, really. Some some highlights. And oh, Ursula K. Le Guin, The Unreal and the Real, a short story collection, which was almost like a year-long reading project because I was kept on dipping into the short stories. Yeah. That's four stars. I gave that four stars overall. That's really And then um, if we're going to compare uh, aquatic... Um, near future, like post-apocalyptic, but or like during apocalyptic of um, societal collapse, with uh, lots of techno thriller and um, and uh, you know like cyberpunk stuff. I would not. I would say the mountain in the sea, thumbs down yep. by Ray Naylor. Yep. Venomous lump sucker, thumbs up from okay. Ned Bowman. Uh, again. I'm not saying one book is remarkably better than the other, but I really enjoyed The Venomous Lump Sucker, and I really didn't enjoy The Mountain and the Sea. Um, yeah, and then there was also some books here as well that I just couldn't even remember. Lee Bardugo, Shadow and Bone. Like you, uh, and I was like, did I even finish that book? But it was actually, there was a second book by Lee Bardugo, oh, which, I, yes. which I didn't, which I, I started and then didn't carry on with that one. And then yes. thought, oh, I'll, let me go back and read the first book of that whole series. Yes. And you watched the TV show. I watched the TV show. That's, that's how I yeah. remember that one. Yes. So, yeah. So but I will also I started watching the TV show and at some point I just stopped. You just yeah, but I think you got to, you you finished the first season. I think I think was, I finished yeah. the first season, but then I didn't continue. Yeah, so we're about seven minutes in, mm. and I'm gonna now mention I'm actually gonna quickly take a drink. Go to. I would edit this out, but <laughs> that's not what we do here. I don't edit. So <laughs> quick drink of water. Right, let's get on to today's book, and I want you to guess if you think or put it this way, I'm gonna say up front what the book is. And then I want you to guess if it's going to be a one-star book or if it's going to be like a four and a half. Star. Like, which end of that spectrum are we talking about? Is it going to be a disappointing book or is it going to be a uh, uh, like a book which Luke is going to rate highly? Okay, go for it. Uh, the book 
is, um, let me actually just bring up, I'm going to just bring up the Wikipedia page because it's a brand new book. It first published October 19th, 2023. Very new, it's, yeah. It's by an author called Sandra Newman, who is, I think, a British, oh man, this is where I should have clicked it up. I except click about the author. About the author. It doesn't have anything, but she's done 15 books, uh, written 15 books. Anyway, so this is a book which is called Julia. And if you look at the front cover here, and you'll see me because I'm going to be holding up this image on the front yes. on, as the album art of this podcast, or the title art, I don't know, episode art, whatever it's called. <laughs> um, you'll see that like poking out the top of the word Julia is 1984. And it says um, a retelling of George Orwell's 1984. So it's Julia, a novel, a retelling of George Orwell's 1984. Okay. Um, so uh, here we go. I'm, this is just part of the blurb here as well from, from Goodreads. 75 years after Orwell finished writing his iconic novel, Sandra Newman has tackled the world of Big Brother in a truly convincing way, offering a dramatically different feminist narrative that is true to and stands alongside the original. For the millions of readers who have been brought up with Orwell's 1984, here finally is a provocative, vital and utterly satisfying companion novel. So, um, I I actually have issues with the some of this some of this okay, framing wait. of the book. What? Well, one second. What's you that? you were just before you'd all did yeah. did all this. Yeah. You that was leading up for me to tell you if you were going to oh, no, like no. this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, no, I haven't got to the point where I was going to ask you about it. Oh. Now. Okay. I, but I, I just wanted to give a little bit more background about this. So okay. this is not just a retelling of it because I, I, 1984 isn't actually in the public domain or anything. It's not like these, you know, these. Uh, right. Uh, I can't even think of it. Like what, what was the? I saw the retelling of what was it in the quick or whatever it was called. Which which was after getting into it, I was like, wait, why is everyone in an orphanage? And then it turns out, oh, it's a retelling of... Now I can't even remember which of the books it was, some Bronte book, wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yes. Jane Eyre. So it was, yes. a, it was a Jane Eyre retelling. Now, some of these things, or if you want to do Pride and Prejudice with zombies, or if you want to do... Like, there's lots of ways of doing retellings. You know, once something is in the public domain, that's where you get lots of, you know, fairy tale versions. You know, you get like a Snow White over here and then you get another Snow White and you, and it's okay to keep doing different versions of fairy tales. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to do different versions of, you know, all these other kind of things. But uh, in this case, Sandra Newman got um, a... Uh, uh, went to the... or so I don't know how it worked out this way. Maybe she'd written this or wanted to write this and talk to the publisher and it became... Uh, a, a thing that you got, you get back to the, um, the George Orwell estate, and this is even a uh, uh, what do I want to say? Like a, an officially sanctioned retelling of 1984, okay. sanctioned by the um, by the estate right. of George Orwell. Like I guess if if it wouldn't have been unofficial, this wouldn't exist because you couldn't just publish it without then them coming um, onto you. You know, like, well, like here's one the thing. of those things. It could exist, and then it would just be you know, fan fiction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's kind of what this is. But again, I'm not saying that in a good way or a bad way. But it, it, it and, and I say that as someone who wrote most of a novel based on um, The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. And that, that's a, that was a retelling of that story as well. Okay. Um, again, I'm not, there's no reason for me to ever publish it because I never completed it. But the idea being that like, it, anyone can do any retelling of any story that It's like an want. exercise. Yeah, it's just, it's just a creative writing exercise. But to actually put this much work into something and then go all the way through to get it published of something which is still copyrighted or isn't in the public domain. You know what? I don't actually, I shouldn't say this kind of thing because I, I don't know all of the legal 
kind of stuff. But yeah. I do know that tomorrow. Tomorrow, Mickey Mouse is enters the oh one version of Mickey Mouse without the gloves or something like yes. that is uh, enters public domain. So, That's the one where it stands uh, by by the the steering yeah, wheel. Yeah, I think steamboat. One, one of the earliest versions. Okay, <laughs> so, something like that. Something like that. Everybody will know exactly what. Okay, I, mean. I don't want to get sidetracked into this kind of legal debate. What I'm saying is, it, this kind of story could always exist. There's no reason why somebody couldn't have written this. But like I say, because it's a sanctioned retelling, mm. yeah. that's it. But here's my issue about that: is that I, like, I don't know enough about. Uh, I say this as someone who's got a, a podcast where I talk about science fiction, all that kind of thing. But I don't actually know enough about. Um, what the what a retelling is or what it isn't now I think a retelling is a bit more like that in the quick where you're like you're recasting it you're resetting it it kind of like has has a different setting whereas this isn't a retelling this is like a telling of Julia's story rather than Winston Smith's story yeah. but it's not retelling Winston Smith's to- story it's telling Julia's story but it doesn't say it's a, it's a retelling. It says it's a companion novel. Oh, it says on the cover of the book. Yeah, ah, and of okay, course, okay. Uh, going into it, I'm like, how is this going to be a retelling? Yeah. And as I was getting into it, I was like, oh, this isn't a retelling of Winston Smith's story. It's a telling telling of Julia's story, yes, who is, is like the, the second or third main no, or the I... second main character. In, now I get it. Oh, okay. in the original. Yes. And uh, although that's what it felt like going into it, as I got further into it, deeper into it, I was like, oh no, this is kind of a retelling of Winston Smith. However, uh, Win- Winston Smith's story of 1984, but it doesn't. It, but everything that happens in 1984 is 100% true still, even in this book. There aren't any details from 1984 changed. But I say this as someone who didn't reread 1984 when I started reading oh, this. Oh, okay. If you know right. what I mean. Okay, so you didn't so, reread the book, but what did, you have in your head yeah, is as what someone, you're now counting on. Yeah, as someone who's read 1984 many times, maybe like seven or eight times, I don't know, like over the years I've come back to it a lot. I've reviewed it on the SFBRP. I think I gave it 4.9 stars and it only didn't get that last bump up to five stars because it kind of annoys me in that book where at some point they're like and now I will sit down I've mentioned this before I will sit down and read a book and suddenly Winston Smith is just reading a book and then it just becomes part of the book 1984 and I kind yeah. of I kind of get annoyed by that and I'm like oh that just feels lazy that suddenly now there's a lecture from this other kind of place in there yeah um so yeah so it starts off in in this way which I was like oh it's not a retelling it's just telling Julia's side of the story but as it goes through it kind of doesn't change the details it doesn't change the facts behind Winston Smith's story it just makes him out to be a bit more stupid than he is in the book um, in the in the 1984 novel and it kind of changes a lot of what's going on behind the scenes or it reveals as I said changes it kind of reveals more of what Winston Smith's real story is from the point of view of someone who is on the inside of that story Julia and other characters okay. who are manipulating him. Okay. So when in the normal book Winston Smith is like saying blah 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 blah, other characters know more than him and now because we've read this book we now know more than even George Orwell did. Right. Because what Sandra Newman has done is kind of recast like part of the world and part of the world building and some of the storylines behind it. All of this I think 
to get to, to go out to a wider level because I'm kind of talking about it at this meta level first. Very you meta, know I mean. yes. Meta level first. I don't have any problem with it because I think 1984 is a strong enough story and is still a kind of relevant enough story and still says as much about the modern world that it can survive somebody else recasting a lot of that stuff in a different way. Right. To say, oh, in this case, we always thought Winston Smith was doing it because of this, and Winston Smith thought he was doing it because of that, and even George Orwell thought Winston Smith was doing it because of this, but Sandra Newman now shows that actually Winston Smith was doing it because of this other thing, because there was some kind of manipulation, mind control, well, not even mind control, but you know, like, that very controlling, totalitarian, like, oh, we're going to put this in front of him and make sure it happens in this way, and he won't be able to do anything except this one thing, because of course he'll have to do that one. You know what I mean? Like, there's this, lots of this kind of, like, behind the scenes yeah. uh, like exploration or explanation of why Winston Smith did stuff and then why other characters in Winston Smith's orbit you know there's these uh, I can't remember the names of them but like these side characters who were just mentioned off to one side suddenly become much bigger characters in this yeah. where suddenly we go oh that's the reason why he said that oh that's the reason why he woke up saying down with big brother down with big brother you know that kind of thing so I think then actually it shows that the 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 world building that uh, uh, that Orwell did in his story is like so convincing that we are that it's possible to make us believe that that what this what you just described this manipulation from outside from the side characters and that and that all could happen like that because the the way Orwell describes it makes us yes makes it you know do you know what I mean yeah yeah, it yeah. Makes it, look it, it's makes, it's the kind of thing makes it believable yeah you're not paranoid if they're really out to exactly. get you and actually yeah. what we discover at the end of 1904 is that yeah no they really they were out to get exactly exactly <laughs> like, and everything that he thought was set up in this way it turns out oh no they were uh, they were on him all along mm. like they always you know they there always was microphones where he wasn't quite sure they were reading his journal as he was writing it you know they did they did know about him and Julia's relationship right from the start you know all the stuff yeah. that he wasn't sure of it's it's shown oh no he he really was all, and that's what this book goes into more yeah. detail about okay um so where this book is uh, again like, i'm kind of going to leave behind them that meta commentary now and i want to talk a bit more about the actual contents of the book okay go for it um london chief city of airstrip one the third most populous province of oceana uh, you know, this is how the, the book blurb begins. And that's kind of where the book starts. It kind of goes into Julia. is it, it, and Because, again, it says here it's a feminist narrative or it's a feminist retelling, and I saw other people talking about that. And while I... Uh, if you want to take the meaning of feminist being, you know, uh, from the point of view of a woman, yeah, it is that. But, uh, well, I don't want to say but. What I find fascinating about this is because Winston Smith is a white man in, in London... Um, and it's a very like intellectually based kind of story of 1984. You yeah. know, he's an intellectual. He works in records. He's got all these height, you know, thoughts and stuff like that. And we know that Julia is kind of cast as the opposite of of him in that way. That she's much more impulsive. She's much more sensual rather than intellectual. You know, this is clear in the original book. Yeah. And in this, it kind of really leans into that. But also about that, you know, on the opposite side, what's it like to be a woman in Oceania? What's it like to be a woman in Big Brother's world? Yeah. And that. That is looked at like unflinchingly in this book. Okay. In other words, it's about as rough as you could expect, and then more rough, and they don't shy away from all of the uh, all of all of how it gets 
really bad for women when there's such thing as like love crime and sex crime and you know there's the junior anti-sex league you know that yeah there's anti-sex league and as they go through the book it's going all right so if you're anti-sex but you're having sex anyway how do you get an abortion or what happens if you accidentally get pregnant or what happens if you you know have a miscarriage what like it goes into it all again i don't need to give it all away but i think it's really interesting how deep it goes into all of that stuff oh wow that's yeah and uh, and from winston smith you know in the book he's got a wife but he's like estranged from his wife because but he lives alone but then julia um lives in a in a in a woman's uh, in in like a, 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 a hostel for women okay. who, who are single and live alone but they technically they'll always be alone because now marriages are being kind of faded out but phased out because you know having a a, a marriage or like a a, a relationship means that you're not completely 100% for you know big brother you know and there's this thing where they're like all right everything is the um, art sim like the artificial insemination kind of stuff that they want to, uh, that they're, they're talking about. So now we're not going to have sex anymore. No sex at all, not even procre- procreation. Everyone's going to be inseminated by, you know, you know, artificially inseminated. Derek, you can uh, just control that much better. Yeah. And, and of course, then this is used for people who are having sex, even if they're in the anti-sex league. That's kind of the way, one of the ways around this. If you think you're going to be pregnant, you immediately sign up for artificial insemination yes. for you to suddenly have plausible deniability that, oh, now I'm pregnant and I'm having it. Because, oh, but it arrived yes. a bit early or whatever it yeah. is. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Soon as you, As soon as you miss your period and you've been having sex, you immediately go and, uh, go and get artificially inseminated or pretend to be artificially inseminated. Just yeah. checking the audio, it's still recording. So... Uh, so yeah, um, that's that's all really good, and I think this book is at its best when it really just it, when it's not touching on Winston Smith's story so much. It's just exploring the world of 1984, like with all of as it says here: uh, thought police, constant surveillance, newspeak, double think, child spies, black markets, the prole neighborhoods. You know, all of that kind of stuff. I think that's what this book is really strong. It's like just hey, let's just spend more time in this world. World, so it's more fr- like a, a sus- exploration of the society and yeah. like the thought pro the, the, the expanding the experiment of yes. what would happen if this would be the world how would things be like it's yes. more like exploration of the society society of 1984 yeah. another part where this book is really good is when it goes into the backstory of Julia and also Julia's mother who was uh, and her father who they were like political operatives right at the beginning of this you know revolution which brings about uh, you know Oceania and you know Big Brother and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and and uh, but they kind of lose out in this kind of thing. Okay. Now, what's really good is that this book it says seventy-five years after Orwell finished the book. And what did I think? I made a note of it that the time between nineteen eighty-four and sorry, the time between nineteen forty-eight. Yes. when this book was written in 1984 yep. and now 1984 and today it's sort of like one of those oh it's as, it's as long since here yeah, is yeah. it from between this and this it is between there so we've had 75 years <laughs> of more um, like totalitarian governments and source material that you can draw from to 
sh- like to talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah. So what? Like real life. Yeah, stuff. real life stuff. So Sandra Newman is bringing in things that we now know, happen, like the kind of things that you actually see in, um, I guess, like in in North Korea, and also stuff from like behind the Iron Curtain and these right. other kind of stuff. Also, it feels like this is there's a lot of stuff which comes from the Chinese. Uh, cultural revolution of the 1960s, where there's you know like the whole oh we're gonna you know get all the food you know it's all collectivized farming you know uh, this is you know some of this is from Ukraine and other parts of Russia as well. But then you get all the like the Lysenko stuff where you have like this um, is it Lysenko who was the guy who was sort of like oh you know uh, evolution doesn't happen from genetics in this way we get you know this he took control of the agriculture of the Soviet Union and just messed everything up by going, oh, we're going to do, we're not going to like just, uh, I can't remember all the different things, but like totally wrong crops together, if you know what I mean. Like uh, not looking after the land. I think they did this thing called deep um, plowing, where instead of plowing like yay deep, they plow like a metre deep. And you're like, oh, okay, well, and it just destroys the land. But this one guy who was like a quack, a a pseudoscientist was like... uh, Lysenko. Maybe have the wrong name there. Either way, didn't look it up. Um, yeah, and then, like I say, the, the, the Cultural Revolution stuff where they're like, oh, everyone has to now make uh, backyard, what is it, the backyard um, iron smelting, you know, that kind of thing. And suddenly everybody uh, gets all of the metal that they can find in their home, puts it in a backyard smelting, and then they take all of the wood that they can find anywhere in any place, and they use that wood to burn it to try and smelt down the metal. And so that doesn't sound healthy. <laughs> no, it does not sound. It's really not healthy at all. Anyway, the whole way that, of course, across the whole of China, you can have, uh, you can have like millions of, you know, 30, 40 million people dying from various different, um, uh, from various different famines that come from this bad, uh, th- this bad. Uh, kind of uh, uh, agricultural policy that's kind of reflected on in a very British way, you know, okay. um, uh, in this book uh, too. So uh, again, using seventy-five years have gone past, we can update some of the history, or not even update some of the history, but like elaborate on some of the ways that how nineteen eighty-four got to where it was in the book, like how the the culture. And the society and the totalitarian government in 1984, like, there's like a few different ways into it in this book, you yeah, know, reflecting yeah. into that. That as makes well. sense. We have more to play with now. Yeah, more to play. Like, just again, we can just draw from real life. We can draw from 75 more years worth of that. So that's where this book, I think, really shines. If this had just been not a retelling of George Orwell's 1984, and it just been another book set in 1984 like leading up to the same events or yeah. whatever, I think it would have, I wouldn't say it would have been a better book, I think it, I would have found it a bit more satisfying. And I think a lot of other people, again, going back to this, zooming out a bit to this meta level, and I r- looked at some other people's reviews of this book, I think a lot of people who, who rated it low, and actually some people who rate it high, and, uh, uh, and you'll see where I come down on this in a minute, um, is uh, is I think, like I say, the closer it gets to the original story and the more it kind of puts its fingers in there and meddles around in there, I think it, that's some of the weaker stuff. Because I could, you, because there, I can't keep George Orwell's vision or what he, what I think he should think or what I know that George Orwell right. thought the important st- parts were and what he was saying that the motivations of these characters were. Um, I think that's that feel it feels less true in a way but I I don't even know how to say I don't think it's less valid because again I don't you know death of the author and all that kind of stuff Sandra Newman is just 
telling a story or whatever, but it felt like that was weaker because Winston Smith was telling the story of Winston Smith with Winston Smith's words, or George Orwell was telling the story of Winston Smith with his own language, and it's very precise language, you know, he's a linguist. He came up with the idea of newspeak and thought police and doublethink and all of this kind of stuff, and I just don't think Sandra Newman is quite good enough to kind of capture all of that stuff from the point of view of Winston Smith, even if it's via Julia's point of view. Okay. Um, so what you're saying is is that the bits where she came close to it weren't, weren't that great and convincing, but the bits that she added and told uh, like another story from a different point of view in the same let's call it universe yeah uh, that was strong yeah and that was good N yeah no put it where let me say it this way i don't think when it got close to uh like i say the closer it got to winston smith's story i'm not saying it wasn't strong i'm saying i didn't find that quite as satisfying okay because she isn't julia sorry sandra newman isn't as good a writer of George Orwell's stuff as George Orwell is. Well, obviously she's not George Orwell. She's not George Orwell. George Orwell has got some very crisp, clever, also delightful writing, if you know what I mean. Yes, like, that's difficult to, to uh, like, that, that's a thing with books like this. Yeah. How do you want to approach this? Do you want to imitate something? Yeah. Or do you want to she's do not. your own thing? Yeah. She's not imitating George Orwell's writing, Yeah. but she is exploring the world, for, like I say, yes. from that different point of view. Yeah. And I think if it was just exploring the world from a different point of view, and maybe Winston Smith was a minor character in this, that would work. But because she's doing it, it's called Julia, and she's doing it from Julia's point of view, and it's a it's a retelling or the first full telling of Julia's story, yeah. I think that's that's all good. So... Uh, oh, okay, so so you think this is? Uh, oh yeah, I forgot to ask you. Do you think I'm going to rate this highly or lowly? This is uh, like okay now two two different things now. Yeah. Because I've now been kind of um, influenced by yeah. literally the last whatever what yeah. fifteen minutes or mm. so. When you oh, listened, when you listened to the audiobook, uh, yeah. and, and like you you kept putting it like or not putting it down, but you you kept having. Uh, yeah, d what I got from your face and from your demeanor yeah. and all, I thought you enjoyed this book quite a lot. Yes. And so now after sitting here next to you talking yeah. to me about this book now, yeah. I'm not actually that sure anymore, but I think you're going to rate it like, I don't know, four stars or something. Okay, good. Like, like, right. So let's carry on. Let's carry on with this book. So okay. uh, I, I just want to talk a bit more about this feminist narrative. So here's the thing. Again, and I'm just going to address some other people's other people's reviews of this book. I think it's fine to have a feminist retelling of something where the main character is is a woman, but it do, it isn't necessarily more empowering for that person. Here's the thing: in George Orwell's original book, people complain that Julia isn't much of a character. Yeah. And that can be a problem if you think that all characters in every book have to be the most compelling characters. And because she's the only female character in the book, except for some troll woman or whatever, um, it's sort of like disappointing that the woman isn't written 
correctly or isn't written strong enough you know like not she's not like a strong female character because she is the only like yes let's say let's let's talk about this as as, as if this would be a, a movie thing right? yeah because then you have a, a a character with a name yeah as soon as you have a character with a name they feel more important yes and for that factor she, yeah. she isn't very pro- not progressive but she isn't very doing uh, an activist job. yeah 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 so so that's the thing so this book you know like the original 1984 probably doesn't pass the Bechtel test whatever but then again the Bechtel test didn't exist when this exactly. was written yeah. now you're writing a book which does however and this is the weird thing is like again it's, it comes down to the agency kind of thing in the original book Julia didn't seem to have very much agency which can be a criticism if you think that every character has to have agency especially if they're a woman because a woman without agency is by definition a misogynist book or whatever which again I'm not critiquing the idea however when you try and then write a book called Julia from uh, like set in the world of 1984 which is like famously a place where people don't have a lot of agency yes and then you try and give her agency or put it this way you expect because it's a feminist retelling or it's been you've been told that it's a feminist retelling or a feminist narrative that you expect oh this is gonna because it's feminist it needs to portray a woman this woman as a strong woman or something yeah I don't even know what I'm trying to say here but here's the thing Julia as written in George Orwell's 1984 doesn't have a whole lot of agency and she is a sex object I mean literally she's you know has sex and that's what she is she's a way of Winston Smith becoming like you know also sexually liberated in that way and you know sex is you know or what is it say in the book it's mentioned in this book as well love is our revolution or love is our protest like our having sex is an act of protest against big brother and you know the Oceania and the whole setup here as well um, and it, again, all of that is retained within this book, Julia, a retelling, a feminist retelling of George Orwell's 1984. Julia still doesn't have a lot of agency, even when she it's revealed in this book, or put it this way, Sandra Newman writes in that she has knowledge of things before Winston Smith. And the reason why she doesn't have agency or she doesn't, it sounds like she isn't in control is because she already knows in advance some situations and has been told by these uh, other agents don't respond you're not allowed to she, uh, there's actually parts in this book don't respond you're not allowed to say anything except these two lines right and so when you're actually reading 1984 and you get to a like really crucial point you're like oh Julia didn't say very much in that book what we're told what we're told now is that her she couldn't she she wasn't allowed to she said she was told not to say anything in advance she was said okay you're not allowed to say anything except for these two words you're you're not allowed to say anything except to agree with this one statement here Okay. And so what we have is like a feminist retelling of something which shows why someone didn't have any agency in the first book. And it, it, but also she doesn't have any agency in this book because she's she's been told not to do something and then she doesn't do it. So the reason why she doesn't have a lot of say in 1984 is now revealed that she was told not to have a lot of say and then she doesn't have a lot of say and then she doesn't have a lot of say in this book either. So I'm like Okay, is that feminist? It explains why she didn't say very much, but she's still been told by another man not to say anything. And so now it's, it's I don't know, it's, it's this kind of, again, I'm just talking about this on this meta level here of like, where, like, where is it okay? Where does she get her agency? If agency is what is required for it to be a, like a, a 
feminist retelling to have a strong female character or whatever. Like, where does that come in? And I was I was really rooting around in this story trying to find this because again, I'm reading this as a feminist retelling of 1984, and I was like, yeah, but like, where's where's the feminism in it? And the feminism isn't. And I realized it's not. It's just a woman's point of view feminism rather than like a. a Okay, here is exactly what I was just about yeah. to ask because yeah. this really, this is really uh, like to to call it this way. And you, at, at this point, you need to really make sure, as yeah. if when you're writing a blurb like this, yeah. to know what you're actually saying. Are you saying it is told from a woman's point of view? Yeah, and that is the story, or? If you say it in this way, everybody's gonna expect some sort of activism, like some yeah. sort of like. And then she had this club in in the back of a shop where she met with other people to like do progress and to change things and yeah. stuff like that. This is the kind of feeling that that uh, that that if you say it in this manner, if you say it like that, yeah. that is the kind of thing that comes up in my mind. And now I'm not sure if just combining these words together always means first yeah. of all activism and second of all progression of situation and also does it always have to be because there is a woman that suddenly it becomes feminist or is it just then that we then it is in a feminist feministic point of view to tell the yeah. story of a woman in this setting do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. it is not it's a feminist narrative that the book is a fem or the story yeah. is a feminist story it is the feminist feministic point like the, no it's, it's a feministic <laughs> writing to yeah. write a novel in this setting of 1984 of a point of view of a woman. I think yeah. this is how they mean it yeah, yeah, in yeah. this respect. And, that, and again, that's what I'm trying to say, is that like yeah. the people going into this book expecting some, I don't know, again, yeah. I, I, and I'm not saying it's wrong to expect that if you this book has been sold to you. Because I saw this book on some like most anticipated, you know, science fiction books of the year. I can't, I can't remember where it was. And I added it to my re to read list and then, you know, got to, finally got to it here at the end of the year. So again, moving on from that section. But just look at the... It's literally in the yeah, genre. Fiction, dystopia, science fiction, feminism, retellings, historical fiction. Literally, this isn't historical fiction. It's not. There's nothing it, historical. There's nothing historical. So yeah, these are genre. I think these are just things that people people click, put in there. Yeah, yes, but I'm saying on. is what I'm saying is is it's that not the story itself is feminist. Yeah. But it is a feminist approach to a story. Of a book, of an existing which thing. In, that which, in itself yeah. is the feministic approach. Yeah, okay. So, that's another thing which, again, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a knock against it or not. Up until, let's get through this. So, what happens in this book is, that what you expect, it's, it's from Julia's point of view. Like I said, I've ta already talked about all the stuff that I like about this. There is this, like, twist or, like I say, this change of, of what you expect because, again, it's revealed that Julia is part of the, not thought police, but you know what I mean, is, is roped into that world and she already knows in advance that uh, that they've been discovered, if you know what I mean, that, that that relationship has been discovered and that Winston Smith is going to be arrested. She already knows that in advance, what happens there as well. Okay. There's some really, really, really good fun bits and pieces in Room 101, which I'm not going to go into too much detail about that, but if you remember the original Room 101, there's some, you know, rat-on-my-face kind of stuff going on there, which is uh, which is pretty gruesome. Um, however, I 
if, if, if at that moment it suddenly gets to the point where I'm like, all oh, right, and I think I mentioned it to you, or not at that moment, a bit before I mentioned it to you, I was like, oh, this book in the original 1984, when we're at this point of the story, we're pretty close to the end, but there's still like, you know, a big kind of quite a chunk yeah, here left. Yeah, you said like halfway book. or something. No, it wasn't halfway, no. but it was. It was. But. There was. It felt like there was going to be a few too many chapters before the end. Okay. And while the Room 101 stuff is there, it seemed to kind of miss a bit of what the Thought Police and the Ministry of Love, what the point of that was at the at the uh, at the end of 1984. And it's very clear that the 1984 is that you are broken in the Ministry of Love and everybody gets out of the Ministry of Love. Or if you if you do get out of the Ministry of Love, you walk around for a ghost for a bit and then they kill you. And it's very clear that there is no hope, that there is no revolution, there is nothing like this. For me, the, the main point, and again, I, I looked at some other people who were looking at this point as well on these reviews, and it's the point is that you can't let the world of 1984 happen because there's no way out yeah. of it. Like yeah. there is no, there is, like, there is no escape from it. Uh, that's the thing about dystopias is this is my own definition of a dystopia and what makes a dystopia different from a utopia is that from a dystopia you can't get out of it and a utopia you're free to leave if you want and go elsewhere and try out yeah. a different political system yes and for me it was always very clear and also seems very clear from George Orwell's point of view that you can't get out of the world of 1984 there is no way out and it's kind of like a a, a, a way to say it's like a, it's that cautionary tale kind of thing yeah. don't let us get to this situation because if the whole situation if the whole system is set up to perpetuate this system there's n there's no way out of it and there's no way even when you think that you're out of it even when you think that you can go off and talk to Goldstein or Goldstein or whatever the guy's but name is but that's the system it makes you think yes that you're out of it it makes you, you think you get can get out of it and it makes you think you can but here's the thing 1984 ends with I think a bomb dropping uh, I can't remember exactly what it is but then Winston Smith looks up at a poster or a, a picture of, of Big Brother and he finally loves Big Brother you know that's the that's the yeah. end of it he looks at me and sort of like oh yes I do actually finally love Big Brother and it's and you're meant to think fuck oh Winston Smith was at, was me in that story or like you know ste stepping in for like the you know whatever it is the uh, the person who's reading this in 1948 uh, 1949 from London probably white probably male whatever like that's the kind of thing and they're like oh shit so the the book ends at this point uh, that, you know, Julia, a novel, a retelling, comes to the same point and there's kind of that same moment. And it's flipped in the other way around because Julia has been brought up to love uh, night, uh, Big Brother and Big Brother's always been shown as sort of like a manly, you know, father figure and also kind of like a sex symbol as well. And, you know, there's different scenes before about her masturbating to Big Brother or something like that. She grew up loving, not loving, but, you know, like sexually attracted to Big Brother. Yeah. And, th and then this, this book, Julia, ends with her seeing a picture of Big Brother and finally hating Big Brother. I'm like, great. You brought it home, Sandra Good. Newman. Like, you've reflected it off. Again, this is for me, I've not read 1984 for, for, actually, let me see when I last read 1984. I think we read it together. Yeah, I, uh, 1984. There it is. Uh, when was it? Oh, it says 2010, it says was the last time I read oh. this. It's a bit, a long time. Oh, wait a second, let me oh, just. I thought we read it together. I think, I think I've read it since then. Maybe I didn't review it, I'm not maybe quite sure. We, yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I, it couldn't, couldn't be it can't be 2010 since the last time I read this book. Either way, so uh, so that's that's where the book could have ended, or yeah. should. Well, it, it kind of felt like the logical point for the book to end. Yeah. But of course, there were still like two big, two or three big chunky chapters left oh. to go in the book okay. in Julia, and then so then I, I carried on reading, and the book in some ways gets really interesting because now we no longer have to worry about yeah. Winston Smith. There is no... Like, oh, what can you do when you don't need to worry about Winston Smith? And it goes, oh, great. Let's go out and explore the world a bit better. And there's, you know, these bombs dropping and there's some checkpoints and trying to get away. And there's some really good stuff about, like, wrapping up like some some uh, uh, things you know that had been mentioned a few times before. They talk about the Crystal Palace, and Crystal Palace is uh, this you know actually a place in right. London. And at one point they're like ah oh, like and this is a after the end or what I call the like, the end. I'm doing the square quotes yes. end of the book. Yeah. She's like oh, okay, put it on this truck. It's going down to Lewisham, and I'm like Lewisham, that's like South London. And I'm like oh Crystal Palace because Crystal Palace is going to be the is now the the palace of his Big Brother's home plat. Pla place you right. know with brother is and I'm like oh right so they're gonna go she's gonna go to Crystal Palace because it's been mentioned a few times in her past yeah and some other characters have been mentioned and these quite a few things which have been mentioned and I'm like oh they've concentrated quite a lot on that but didn't come back in this last like two hours of the audiobook a lot of this stuff brought back and I'm like oh this is really clever this is good storytelling obviously all of these seeds have been dropped throughout the rest of the book that now once we get Winston Smith out of the way don't have to, to worry collect about. it all together let's bring it all home even though you brought it home once it's all like oh and okay let's Let's actually visit the Crystal Palace. Let's actually do this kind of stuff. And all these different kind of things will be bring, being brought in. And there's some really, really fun stuff in this section. Except that it goes too far in terms of rewriting what George Orwell, what George Orwell's point was. That I always thought that outside of Oceania, like you get across the the, the channel to to uh, to you know France or whatever, and now we're in East Asia. No, not East Asia. We're now in Eurasia, and Eurasia in my head was always just as bad as Oceania. And then also, right. if you get all the way to East Asia, that's also just as bad. Yeah. You've got three different totalitarian regimes. Yeah. E they don't all have a big brother. You've got a big brother here. Yeah. You've got a kind uncle over there, and yeah. you've got a, a whoever it is over here. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. There's there's different ways to to uh, to like. I always thought that you that that's the thing. The de the definition of dystopia is that if you get across the channel, you're in a place where it's just as bad as where you left from. Yeah, you're and not also, suddenly going to end up in, an, in a utopia. Yeah, well, not even in a utopia. You're not, you're going to... And then suddenly she's... Thinking, oh, yeah, we've got the, the free English or the free... So there's, like, this government in exile, which is over in Calais, and you get these smugglers, and then you get, like, the, the, the some other people coming in. And now there's some clever stuff that's brought in there, but it did, did feel, like, a bit weird that right as Winston Smith's story ends and right as well Julia's story should have just been ending, suddenly the government of Big Brother falls and we also meet Big Brother and he's just an old senile guy, kind of like a like a Trump kind of guy who shits his pants or whatever the, the, the latest thing is about Trump at the moment. Um, I don't want to know. And, okay. and I'm just sort of like, oh, no, it doesn't... Oh, uh, it's a bit like, you know, it's a bit like in The, um, uh, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah where you get to look mm. behind the curtain and then... There's literally scenes from Wizard of Oz in this bit. Okay. Like, they go to, like, they don't go to the, what is it, the Palace of Green or whatever. Yeah. They go to Crystal Palace. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, a big yeah, glass... We're, we're straight into Wizard of Oz territory yes. now. Who's who's the guy behind the thingy? Yeah, uh, yeah. 
guy behind the curtain. There's a guy without any power. And and I was like, oh, right. Like, again, nothing there is wrong. Nothing there is bad, except for completely missing the point of George Orwell's 1984. If you think the main point of 1984 is that it's a cautionary tale and we should never get there and there's no way out and there's no way out for the people in there, it's it's complete, it's, it's a despair-filled, there is no hope kind of thing. The only hope is not to get into this situation. Yeah. Was here in, in Julia, Big Brother goes down like a chump that all of the thought police it just, just, it's all like, oh, well, we just dropped some bombs and these other people come in. Oh, yeah, we can just clear out London. I'm like, that, it was too easy. And it really honestly felt like, like you know, like a dream sequence at the end. Like, okay. if it had ended uh, when Winston Smith ended, like hit when, when 1984 ended that, at that moment, I'd yeah. be like, oh, that would be really great. And again, it's not to say that that's badly written. It just feels like a swing and a miss in terms of, like what this what it could have been it could have it could have backed up that that George Orwell's message that you can't let yourself get into this situation because there's no hope and if you think there is hope well just look at you know North Korea and see how close are we for North the North Korea regime to ending now or whatever. Know, like not everywhere gets as lucky as along. <laughs> not everywhere gets as lucky as like East Germany which kind of like gets you know gets out of from behind the iron curtain or something and then gets like attached to like a really thriving economy over in West Germany or, or like all of the stuff that comes with that you're like oh no look there's like it can work out if you know what I mean like oh being in a being in a dictatorship or in you know whatever it is you know fascism here whatever it is there and you're like oh oh yeah okay okay we could just sort it like the Goldstein people just come in and again Sandra Newman is cleverer than that she's not just saying it'll be easy there's she she does some very clever stuff at the end which I was like kind of punching the air going oh yeah this is really great <laughs> like I, I see what you're going for here except and that was that kind of thing as well like except on this meta level of like oh I know you don't get to just rewrite you don't get to rewrite that part yeah and then I'm like, oh, no, but I was okay with you rewriting all this other stuff. I was okay with you adding stuff on before, like like expounding out some different, hit, like the history of Oceania and, and all this other kind of stuff. And I really like the stuff in the woman's stuff and, and, you know, in the woman's home and all the, you know, the anti-sex league and all this other kind of stuff. All of it was really, I thought all of it was really great until it gets to that bit past the end of the novel and I was like oh no you're still just as clever as you were before but also I'm not buying this you know everything else I could buy right even if it was the stuff that was rewriting Winston Smith's story it wasn't it didn't feel like it was rewriting George Orwell's story or views yes okay do you understand what I'm saying I get it it. yes and then that last two those last two chapters I was like oh oh anyway I think this book let me have a look here. Friends and following. Literally nobody, none of my friends and followers. Amanda, currently reading it. Someone, Dawn has put it on a shelf. Diva, Diane, Ryan and two others put it on their want to read list. Okay, but here's what I want to show you. This this graph here of community reviews. What are you looking at? It just kind of looks like <laughs> You're putting a middle finger. So, yeah, it's not your, that, that would be the middle finger. Okay, here's the thing. This book has got... 44% four-star reviews. Now, a lot of books like this, they've got this like really high, like loads of five-star reviews and then it kind of goes off, like it just drops down. Yeah. Others have lots of five-star reviews and then lots of one and two-star reviews. This has got like 44% four-star reviews. 
and then 24% five stars, and then 22% three stars. So just right there, the vast majority of reviews are five stars, four stars, and three stars, but a big spike in that four star thing. Yeah. I'm gonna give it four stars. And I know that again, it's just the most obvious thing because it's a really good book in like in so many ways. And even the things that the, some of the things that I disagree with it, it's still doing clever stuff. And it's not trying to be written like George Orwell. Like it, it would be actually maybe not easy, but it would be one of those kind of things where you could take this kind of a bit more floppy writing and flabby writing and a little bit too, a few too many, many repetitions and not great language and like put that through maybe a, a chat GPT or something like that. And it spit out something which is a bit more compact and a bit more like someone who really is trying to understand newspeak and how to double plus good this kind of stuff up. Yeah. Um, it could have been, it could have been more compact. Packed. It could have been every, but in the end, it is just a four-star book, and it kind of gives me hope to people who do retellings of stuff. Even if I then disagree with what the retelling is, if it's done with this much skill and done with this much like clarity of vision of like what you want it to be, yeah. And also, even the stuff that I disagree with, like I say, that last two chapters, if that was just sort of like, if it just said, okay, at this point, turn off your brain even more. <laughs> turn off. Don't. We're just going up. This is now like the, what is it? The Marvel's what if. Like, yeah. okay, it's fiction. Fiction. Everything in this world is fiction. But what if fiction what on if top of fiction? fiction? What, if, what if a fictional thing on top of a fictional thing? And yes. that's why I've never watched those what ifs, because I'm like, I don't care if the, the, the fictional telling of this story isn't true. And then, you know, all this multiverse stuff. Like, yes. oh, oh, and that person, now it recasts it. And this is retconned. And I'm like, oh, I don't actually care if all that kind of... Oh. But just... Don't worry about this bit. We're just now we're just playing around. Oh, everything up until two chapters before the end. Was the series bit? That was the series bit. Okay, now we're just going to mess around. What if? And then just do that bit. And even that's good if it was just a bit of a what if kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So four stars. What you're looking down? Are you looking? I'm at just some... looking. Also, I was like looking at the in the in the blurb. It said yeah. Oceania. It's Oceania. You all the time, and I remember as well. It's Oceania. So they just. In oh, is it Oceania? Blurb... No, no, no. It could be Oceania. <clears throat> it it might not be Oceania because Oceania is actually a place. Oceania is like the Pacific. I don't know, but I think I I've been saying it wrong. I remember because there's another person who also wrote Oceania. I think I think it might just be a because Oceania is actually a word and is actually a place. Oceania is might be either way. Okay, it just jumped out at me. Here's a two star review. <clears throat> oh, oh, this is I noticed this actually. Winston was more interested in spanking stories, of which she remembered that only that there was spanking, some of which was done with a shoe. So like, yep, that's a genuine quotation from this book. Not does it exemplify the light way in this book rewrites Orwell's just as relevant as Day 94, but showcases some of the clumsy writing. Spanking stories contain spanking. <laughs> anyway, I thought that's quite interesting because um, I did notice some of the, what I was saying about the language isn't as, as clipped as precise. In spanking stories which contain spanking. Anyway, uh, good stuff. Uh, so yes. Yeah, an almost purient interest in sex. Sex was the... <laughs> sorry, Roman, Claudia. Um, sex was the point of 1984. Sex was the protest. You can't write a story about 1984 without about someone who is using sex as protest and not have a lot of purient interest in sex. That's what this book was. Julia was a, almost a 100% sexual being in the original book. What do you think you're going to get with a book written from her point of view? Yep. Anyway, 
Uh, yes. What else do I have to say about this? I'm now going to look. I haven't looked at my notes, and we've gone 54 minutes without looking at my notes. Oh, please don't now. Now just start no, going no, through no. the notes and add another hour to no, this. No, 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 no. I really can't. Uh... Oh, yeah. Here's a note that I didn't touch on. Vegetarian, <laughs> vegetarianism is double plus good. So they say, okay, nobody's going to eat meat anymore. And then they're like, mm, also, pets are not good. So we're going to kill all the pets. And then the hostel has to apply for a, a cat as pest control license for its two cats. So the only, so you're not allowed, they're not allowed. So like vegetarianism good. And so it's one of those, it's, it's some, there's some really good twists in this way where okay, you're like, that's oh, fun. right. And, and it's just it, like expanding out on the world of, um, of, of this kind of stuff. What else did I have to, what it says, another two clunky chapters. The exiled free English living in Calais uh, doesn't isn't really. Uh... Oh yeah, this is a note. Like I say, oh I think I mentioned this. Winston uh, certainly needs to be very unwitting and unobservant person. But then he cannot. I think actually in the original book he canonically is yeah. not Do very observant and he is unwitting yes. because yes. he is taking unwittingly as well like that. Yeah. And then the meta review notes canonical books can they be retold? I think again. I think this book shows that a retelling. If it's not a retelling, it's actually an exploration of the space, is, uh, or, or like not the space, what I'm saying, the, the exploration of the setting, I think that can work out really well. Like, re and it doesn't, and most of this book doesn't recast what we know in a different light. It just has like, oh, and there's another light shining over here. Yeah, that's kind of what you want, yeah. right? Um, don't negate anything from the original, which like a lot of retellings do do, and don't try and uh, like like a lot of retellings of stories. The logic doesn't make sense because like oh well, if we just change the main character completely, but then they still do the same thing, that doesn't mm. really help. You know, it doesn't. No. It doesn't doesn't do anything to help make the sell a lot. But is this? You can definitely tell that Sandra Newman has Sandra Newman. I've got the name right. Yeah, yeah. Sandra Newman has thought about this so hard that, like, hmm, why didn't Julia say anything at that point? Well, I guess. Oh, and that would mean. Oh, yeah. You know, it's sort of like some really digging in the weeds. It's sort of like that. Uh, yeah, it's you know, always about motivation. Yeah, right? like, like yeah, it's a deep the... dive into motivation. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's good. Um, so that so, you had fun with this book. How, how was the audio book? Uh, pretty good. Um. Let me get my... Where's my phone? I don't know. Oh, no, I don't know where it is. Uh... Oh, it's over here. <laughs> I'm going to just uh, have a look at the audiobooks. Maybe maybe it'll tell me um, uh, some information about it. Library, here we go. Downloaded. Julia. So, uh... Oh, come on. Yeah, it always just starts the book. Yeah, how do, how do I show this? Opening credit... Uh. Well, I can't. It doesn't say on the front cover who did the audiobook. Uh, good audiobook. All, all fine. Good. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, maybe if I went to audio or, or audible. Yeah, let me just write it up here. So um, that's it. Again, I'd normally look at other people's reviews um, of, of. We're on a cruise ship. The internet just doesn't work as easy as it, no, as it, it could did do. It. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so yes, uh, head over to goodreads.com and you won't find uh, anybody else's review except mine on here. Well, no, that's not true. I didn't find any other reviews of other people who've read this book um, who are friends with me or listeners to the SFBRP. But when you do read this, I will see you also uh, review this book if you become my friend or if we become friends or if I follow you or you follow me. Either way, check it out on goodreads.com. Find me. I'm 
found Luke Burridge on there. Also, Juliana's on Goodreads. You sometimes uh, put books. I sometimes put what I think. I oh, don't always books. put all the books yeah, yeah, on yeah. Goodreads, but uh, um, yeah. So th- check it out. You can follow me on mm. Instagram. I'm at Luke Burridge on Instagram. Uh, Juliana is at J-U-K-U Berlin on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and other social media. You can find in the notes show notes for this. Check out uh, our Mastodons or whatever's going on there as well. Um... Yes, I think that's it. Oh yeah, New Year. Uh, it's uh, it's eight p.m. Uh, where we are right now. Yes, which is on Berlin well, time, just normal time, <laughs> uh, normal European time, uh, Sp- Spanish time, I guess, because we've just been to Sevilla and we're in Valencia tomorrow. Valencia. 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 <laughs> so we're gonna uh, check that out. Hopefully, I'm feeling a bit better later on. We've just gonna we've got our dinner booked this evening. It's New Year's Eve, so uh, that's it. We're gonna be singing "Old Lang Syne" and uh, whatever we do. Whatever we do. Whatever we're gonna line, do. Uh, maybe go, the pool. Maybe we're gonna we're on a cruise ship, so maybe we'll I join a conga line around the pool deck at midnight, or maybe or maybe we'll just something completely different. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just want to say I hope everyone's <clears> had a fantastic uh, 2023. If you haven't, I hope your 2024 is a lot better. We've had a pretty good year. And uh, yeah. we'll see you next year. Wrong. What? Middling. Middling. <laughs> sure. Uh, so thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.